Hey everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the Sunfire Tavern podcast. Um, today we have a good good friend of mine, uh, Lawrence, who's here, uh, who I've known from university and also from the Smash community. Yo yo, um, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, and as usual we've also got uh, my lovely co-host Clark. How are you doing Clark? Hello, I'm good thank you. Been a busy day but I'm ready for some podcasting now. Awesome, awesome man. Uh, and so the agenda, so just to remember, because last week I completely forgot to do this uh, at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> so um, so this week we are going to be discussing basically what we've been playing uh, recently, we're going to be talking about gaming communities, just, uh, sort of following on from me and Lawrence coming from the Smash community, talking about uh, online versus offline community, the impact of uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus on offline gaming, and then if we have some extra time at the end, we'll talk about some silly stories from, you know, gaming and community stuff that we have. I'm sure we have plenty of those from uh, traveling around. And oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, we do. Yeah. So, um, Lawrence, you want to give a, just a little bit intro about yourself? Like, Okay, so, um, yeah, you guys can have my entire, my Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble profiles all in one go. Basically, here we go. Yeah. Um, no, not really. <laughs> basically, basically um, in terms of gaming, like, so Ollie and I met when, um, I think in like 2014, when um, there was, I don't know if you guys have mentioned a place called Meltdown before on these podcasts, but that's quite good because um, you're, you're like, um, your little uh, Sunfire, like the Sunfire Tavern lo- uh, logo kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of like the whole sort of fireside thing there going on in Meltdown. Yeah. It was a dank place. It was like an esports bar. We basically would uh, go there, you know, just play games. Eventually, Ollie and uh, another guy called Fury started running tournaments. Um, and then I think Fury stopped doing that for a bit. I, I start. Um, I took them up. We were playing Project M at the time. Big shout outs to Project mm. M. What a great for game. those of you who what a great is game. that the um, is is that the old Smash? Is it's like a clone, isn't it? Like a two D Smash clone? Yes. Uh, n- you go ahead. No, you go, Charlie. Right. So Project M. <laughs> sorry. Charlie. Um, yes, yes, yes mate. He wants to talk about Project, Project M. M. My favorite video game. Um, so it was <laughs> Project M is a modded version of Super Smash Bros. Brawl for the Wii that sort of added extra content. So it re-added all of the characters from uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee, or it added like Roy and Mewtwo who were missing from uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. So I, th- I, th- I do think I remember because um, many, many years ago, and by many, many years ago, I mean like maybe seven mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we went to a Smash tournament in France, and we were playing with the current champion, and, and I beat the, the French champion, <laughs> not because I was good at Smash, but because he was sick oh. and didn't turn oh, up. No. <laughs> so by default, nice. I became temporarily oh. the uh, the French champion for Smash Brothers. <laughs> Amazing. Like, just by, Amazing. Um, yeah, just by default. And uh, the only thing I noticed while I was there was just how badly that room smelled. Oh, yeah. My God. Oh. Like, yeah, boy, have we got. I love Smash Brothers, but those people need to mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> oh, mate, there's a, yeah, yeah. We, we we could talk all day about that hygiene. Yes. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's thanks. <laughs> uh, thankfully, thankfully, um, thankfully, Meltdown had a couple of doors, but it did get pretty oh, bad yeah. there sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. like, oh god, like, like I've been in some disgusting situations. I tell you, like, um, we'll get into that towards the end with some of the stories. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to to give it just. Uh, to, I mean, that's more enough than enough of intro, I think. But basically, I I started doing like, um, I suppose running tournaments uh, from like twenty late twenty fourteen till like twenty sixteen twenty seventeen. I was running um 
I was running events in my house um, every week, um, which we called the House of Hype. Um, we, you know, we used to run Project M, uh, Smash Melee as well. Uh, and yeah, and then you know, we uh, I helped out running tournaments for ages. Was sort of community housed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I mean, that's basically my sort of, I guess, I suppose like esports career in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay, very, very would boring. you would you say that you're like pro level or semi pro? Oh or... my goodness, no! I am trash, <laughs> my guy. I am a trash. At every every pro player, player says that. I'm still better than all you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know who is. So, um, so you play a lot of Smash. You organise a lot of tournament. Uh, and I think I've been to Meltdown as well. The one in London. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll don't you know. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're all around the world at the moment, so we'll guess where we are. But um, that's cool. So, uh, Ollie, I guess, go ahead. Go nuts. Yeah, so I guess next on the thing, topic is uh, what we've been playing. So I guess um, one thing to add is that I have recently been playing a little bit more Smash with, uh, with some Lawrence here and uh, with some other friends from the Smash community because of the recent <laughs> rise of Netplay. Uh, you know... Oh so man! Playing, basically playing okay, on computers, plus. like playing emulated, emulated on uh, computers. So you know, recently uh, I dipped my toes into Slippy Netplay, which is the uh, oh, the mate, new system for Smash Melee to play online, uh, which has like matchmaking and rollback netcode is amazing. Um, rollback netcode, baby. Yes. Yeah, it's like for the first time ever. I'm, I remember when um when Netplay was like in its infancy in like 2014. Mm. And it was, it was properly degenerate. It was so stupid. I remember, um, I remember, uh, Br Tarog. No one else will know who this is, but like, I remember that guy. Just like, I was like, can you, can I play with you on Netplay? He's like, yeah. He just picked Icy's and wobbled me. Okay. Um, for, for, for context, uh, what like so for context, wobbling is a technique in Smash where uh, you basically get grabbed by the ice climbers because there's two of them. There's Popo and Nana, and then you basically have to watch yourself get um just jabbed in the face until 300% and there's nothing you can do about it uh, and then they just get a free stock so it's this strategy called wobbling yeah. yeah where you just get one grab and then you're dead and that's it yeah I mean and good luck trying to mash out like <laughs> in lag yeah. I'm actually quite oh, proud I knew what that was I didn't know it was just with the ice climbers but mm. I, th- I always thought wobbling was like edge guarding oh yeah mm. edge guarding edge guarding is, is different that's to do with yeah like you just like when someone falls off the edge, you just make sure that they can't get back on. Yeah. They can't get back on. You just harass them until they quit the game. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, yeah. You know what, Ollie? I want to hear about your um your excellent adventures on um on Slippy oh. on Rollback Netcode. I mean, <laughs> how have you been doing? I mean, uh, not great. You know, uh, I was never very good at Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, I was more of a Project M player, and I would because I like like I liked all the characters from Brawl essentially so I used to play like the Brawl characters um but in Melee I play Captain Falcon um and it's not been going well but it has been a lot of fun uh you know um getting absolutely destroyed by people online who've been playing the game for years but you know uh so if, if I if I can yeah, ask, go ahead. um did you guys start playing with Brawl or did you start playing with the N64 version of the game oh i mean i yeah from a very young age i've always yeah. played smashes and like you know played i played the N64 version gamecube version i played every iteration but yeah like but i mean i mean did you play it when it came out or did you go back to sort of oh. thing is cuz i know you guys are a little bit younger so oh when it when it came out right. yeah i got i got cuz i remember yeah yeah yeah, we I think all, I played um... Smash when I was in my teens, like college. In fact, yes, because we 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 used to not go to college because uh, we had a friend that lived around the corner from the college, mm. 
and we'd go to his place and play Smash. And I remember dancing around the living room the day we unlocked Ness. Yeah. Nice. That was super nice. hard back yeah. then. <laughs> nice. Like, oh, man. Yeah, no, that, that's good times. I remember, like, reading on, like, really dodgy forums, like, how to unlock, like, Mewtwo. and Forums? And we didn't have forums. <laughs> we didn't have people. Oh, really? We were poor. Uh, maybe it was, like, Game Facts or something. I don't know. But, tell like, me. it was... It, no, yeah, tell <laughs> me. Yeah. The, the only time I think I ever got game cheats was when I had to record um, that show with Violet Berlin. Um... God, I can't remember now. So exactly, like this is how old I am. <laughs> uh, so it, it was a it was a TV series uh, dedicated to like video games and nerd culture on on CITV. Mm. Um, and at the end of it, there was this thing called the Data Blast, and it was like, do you remember Teletext and CFAX? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. So it was like that, but like at 100 miles an hour. So the only way you could view it was by recording it and then like playing it back frame by frame to look at each wow. page. Wow. Yep. And that's how I got cheats for Smash Brothers. That's how we found out how to unlock NES. <laughs> That's incredible. You kids today, you don't know what it was like <laughs> back then. We had to use the internet backwards in the snow, oh through lava, oh, or whatever it was that we did. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm old enough, we're both old enough that we feel nostalgic whenever, whenever we hear that dial-up noise. So, you know, we're not, we're not like, we're not Zoomers. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, uh, apart from... Yo, Slippy, I've been playing, still playing through Ori 2. I'll probably be talking about that next week. But um, what have you, what have you guys Sick. been playing? After you, sir. Clock. Oh, yeah, to me. Okay, ahead, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I should have <laughs> said not, someone's I'm name. I'm sorry. not talking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I've been playing this week, Super I've been playing a little bit of Sea of Thieves, because mm. uh, that game is fantastic and it's so chill. Uh, Here is the Storm, because it's better than League, and I won't hear anything uh, against oh, it, because I love Heroes of the Storm. Ooh. I know, I know. Ooh. I could start a two-hour fight. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've been play- I actually got back into Heroes of the Storm recently because some old friends messaged me and were like, oh, do you want to play from here? And I was like, yeah, of course, because uh, I love that mm-hmm. game. Uh, and then I've also been continually playing uh, Paper Mario Origami King, or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Oh, the the, the uh, Switch one, the new yes. one? Yes, the new one on the Switch. And it's getting more and more charming, but it's also, I'm at that phase, I'm at the two-thirds phase where I'm like, getting kind of bored. <laughs> oh, I'm really? not going to complete it. I'm never going to complete it. <laughs> the clock classic. What is that? I mean, I've seen like I don't know. Have they kept it as the kind of sort of the Super Paper Mario theme, where it's like mostly sort of two D slash three D platformy, or like have they? So the the world now is fully three D, but it's made out of paper. They've taken a step. So did you ever see the the Yoshi crafting world thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same same thing. So the whole world's made out of paper. The the, the characters are now very well aware that everything's made out of oh. paper. And it's it's sort of like a racial commentary because you've got one faction, which are the origami faction, the baddies, and they believe in folding and everything should be folded in their image. And then there's the paper faction, which is what everyone else is, and they believe in freedom and paper should be whatever it wants oh to be. Right. It's a little bit on the nose. Okay. It's, like, it's, like, it's like a it's, it's it's um it's like a Doctor Zeus book, like in freaking. freaking it's, love. it's it's trying to be about eighty six different things, and it, it doesn't yeah. quite meet any of them very well. But we could talk about it all week. Um, uh, what are you guys playing? I've been playing League of Legends. Of course. <laughs> I mean, it's just because, like, okay, so, okay. Um, I'm going to have to write and, like, I'm going to have to do a full-on apology here, I think, like a, like a Socratic apology. Basically, um, I've, I've, um, it is a little bit kind of, um, I, I've, for the record, I have not got no robot netcode yet. I've almost, I've, I mean, 
you know who you should get on here at one point you should get big man beard on here at some point he <laughs> he, he, he did he did um your man challenged me and i you know he never followed up and i was like i'm not going to sort of go um out of my way to give him a run back but um i've that's my only reason for it i have um i've not I, i've not uh touched uh melee net play in a little while actually uh, mostly because I know that everyone on there now is a nerd, and that you know I don't want to feel bad about. They myself. are insane. No, oh. oh, God forbid all... we have nerds on there. <laughs> no, but like you... no, 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 no. There, 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 there's a different caliber. So what I mean by that is, uh, okay, tryhards. Is that a better word? They're all tryhards. Like, yeah, right. I mean, I'm I'm aware that there's a chunk of the Smash community that are very much focused on. Um, I call them like deep redditors or dark redditors. <laughs> Uh, that's how I refer to them. Um, yeah, kind of a bit too into it. So, I have, um, I used League of Legends very much as a method of social interaction at the peak of lockdown, yes. and okay. it's kind of um, probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, well, it depends who it's with. I mean, I was, I've, I've never played a game of it on my own, um, which I think is advisable as far as i'm concerned um i've only really i've only played it with other people um there's enough people i know on discord who i can play it with um and yeah it was a nice way to fill up the evenings when there was literally nothing to do well, it's a big uh, time sink as well because each game is like like an hour long isn't it like indeed? 30 to like 30 to 40 if you're getting past the 45 minute mark it's normally like you know like me seeks you're just kind of like please and uh, i just uh, I yeah. want to leave because like, so that was kind of what drew me over to Heroes was the game mm, then, because mm. uh, Heroes tend to be like fifteen to twenty minutes at the yeah, most. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I did enjoy League. Like I played it for quite a bit, and uh, I played as a character that spins around a lot. Garen. Oh no, Garen. Yeah, Garen yeah. I liked, it, yeah. <laughs> I liked him because he was easy. Yes, Garen. That's great. Uh, I played him, <laughs> and then I played. Yeah. And then I, who did I play? I played a guy who was like like had a hook, and he could like reach out and grab Fresh, people. Let's crank. crank. That was yeah, him. Crank, yeah. yeah. Um, and then that was it. <laughs> and then I moved over to Arena of Valor because it was on mobile and I quite like playing on mobile on mobile. Oh, I, good. A, I played Arena of Valor yeah. for a little bit on Switch, actually. It was quite fun. It was yeah. good. Not great. Yeah. It was good. It's just like very casual, fun, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So those are the games that we've been playing. Yes. Pretty much. The, 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 and you know what? I've, I've, the only other thing that's like dropped back onto my radar recently is... Do you guys ever get this thing? I mean, I'm sure it's just quite common where you just see a humble bundle and you're like, "Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, what not?" Yeah. You know, and the most recent, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the most recent one was uh, was 40k. Mm. So I I just bought it because I was like, I don't think I've got the entire Dawn of War one on Steam. So in the off chance I don't, I'm gonna buy. <laughs> Dawn of War one was a great game. I remember playing that. A lot. <laughs> it was a great game. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Huge fan of that. So, that's what we've been playing. So, moving on. Uh, we were talking... So, this podcast, uh, the sort of, like, the idea around it was uh, community spirit, or to do with... More to do with, like, gaming communities. And this idea of, like, games kind of bringing people together uh, to play and just kind of, like, you know, the, the benefit... I, I would like to... Fo- I mean, obviously, there's there's negatives to, the, to commu- gaming communities, especially given the recent news of what's been happening in the Smash community, uh, especially in, the, in and America. All yes, and all communities, unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah. I think in <laughs> yeah. light of that, it would be really nice to sort of, like, f- focus on, like, the or, like, highlight the benefits, right, of, like, what it, what 
what gaming communities can kind of bring to the table in a positive way. Um, you know, and speaking from my experience... <laughs> this could be a short conversation. Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. It could be a pretty short conversation. Uh, anyway, but, oh, man. You know, um, I don't know about your guys' experience, but, you know, for me, that period where I was part of the Smash community, uh, playing a lot of games offline and playing, you know, just meeting a lot of people and playing games, I thought was really great. You know, I met a lot of friends. You know, I met Lawrence here. In fact, probably if not for that, that interaction of me meeting Lawrence and playing Smash, you know, for a long period of time, you know, we probably wouldn't have even led to this podcast because um, Lawrence... This is how we get to the places that yeah, we're Yeah, like Lawrence... Dude. Through our friendship, Lawrence challenged me on on Facebook to share like ten games that I was really um you know uh that I hold that are like very important to me, and that's kind of what led uh me and Clark into talking about discussing and you know running this podcast, right? So just kind of like that's like a weird butterfly effect, but you know back to actual communities themselves, you know I think it was just a really cool outlet to like meet a lot of people and play a lot of games with people, right, and form bonds like and. I mean, I can also say that, like, video games are the reason that me and you are doing this podcast, because yeah. World of Warcraft actually brought me to you, and we've never played World of Warcraft together. Mm, exactly. But it's because of that job that I got this job, and it's because of this job that I met yeah. you, and then we started talking about doing yeah. this. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Video games. Yeah. I mean, trip. I mean, all of... So, um, my current and previous flatmates are all people who I met either directly or <laughs> indirectly. the end of the statement then. They're all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are all people. But actually, no, one of them's a cat. Um, <laughs> but um, they are all... I, I met them either directly or indirectly because of Smash. Um, but so, all, all through Melee, uh, I mean, they, you know, they were people who, you know, sort of showed up in the scene and, you know, we just sort of ha started hanging out. Um... A lot of my closest friends are like are like that, really. Um, just people who I've met through, I suppose, video you know, video games peripherally. I mean, the thing, the thing with um with with Smash, what Ollie and I were doing was that it was all offline, especially at the time. I mean, this is one of the th this is one of the big debates I think with uh, the existing community now is that it's I mean by necessity of course at the moment, which is a good thing. I mean, it's very lucky that it is all online now, otherwise it would be dead entirely. But back well, in the day, it was all COVID would have been a very different experience uh, had it not been for our infrastructure. Yeah. Like I I feel like having the internet has been kind of training for what we've been through. Mm. Oh, uh, man. But, but when you say when you say offline, sorry, I just need to ask a question. When you say offline, are you talking about playing in the same room, or are you talking about playing using um, like Hamachi and those kind of offline? Things? We mean like uh, in person, so you know, going to people's houses, okay. sitting, you know, couch, you know, sitting, you're sitting next to the person and playing them, well, so you see them in person. Right? Firing yeah, so up that CRT, yeah. like yeah, salivating yourself to the ceiling, as in that old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, and that it forced a lot of. Now, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm going to fire general statements here because you know I, I. I really don't care. But a lot of people who play Smash are very socially awkward people, mm. and who would not, who would not, you know, who not, who would not under normal circumstances go and hang out in other people's places. No, that's, that's very true. That is very um, true. But this brought us together by necessity. Certainly six or six odd years ago when i joined the scene because you know there there wasn't a viable inter, uh, internet based option 
So you would get people who were, but you know, quite awkward. But but generally, you know, eventually they'd open up. I met, I've met so many unbelievable people, some really strange ones as well. We'll get to that a little <laughs> bit later. But like, so, so a lot of really, really excellent people through the necessity of having to meet up in person, you know, play play together on like on a friggin' CRT with your GameCube controllers. There's something very. Um, there's something very special about that that I don't think will ever quite be recreated, even no matter how good like online gets. Really. Yeah. Well, it was um, it was it was back when gaming was formative. Like people played games just because they wanted to play video games, not because they wanted to achieve or or or, or do anything that kind of ticked off a checklist. It was literally just I want to play video games because I want to play games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. now games are very heavily attached to like achievement systems and. Um, like everything you do is a is a scanned process that can be analyzed and improved mm. upon, and while that is great, like for speed running and all that kind of stuff, it may not necessarily mm. be great for the longevity of gaming. Mm. Uh, I, I, have, I have different things to say on that, but for another mm. podcast, we'll, we'll call it the longevity of gaming, <laughs> and they'll have a like, weird time uh, yeah. about the one last week about Switch Shaun of the Dead or whatever so, it was. So, so Clark, <laughs> uh, sort of, um, do you have any sort of you know like I guess since you're older than us, I guess you know. Before, I guess this is it. Like, did you? Obviously, when I was very young, and I used to go to friends' houses to play games and stuff like that. You know, that was I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call that like a gaming community. But I guess for you, like, what did was how what was it like, sort of being in the pre-internet or like pre-online gaming era? You know, what? So let me let me get a, let me get an idea of the room here. Like, um, when you were young and you you were in your like nine, tens, eleven years old. Were you riding around on your bikes, ringing on people's doors and asking them to come out to play? Were you, were you that age or were you on the internet? That uh, I was ringing up my friends to see if I could come over to their house to play GoldenEye on the N64. Or, you know, like play okay. Diddy Kong Racing or whatever. You know, these split, split um, screen sort of games, right? You're on the N64. Right, okay. So I'm, I'm sort of from the era of like uh, Master System and before mm. that. Um, actually going back as far as like the Amstrad and Commodore 64. Yep. So nice. we didn't have, we didn't even have the ability to use home phones because it was super expensive to make a phone mm. call. Like you used to have to be like you have to wait till after seven or whatever. Like there was all these weird rules, but anyway. Um, oh, I, I remember idea, that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, like you couldn't even use the washing machine in the daytime. <laughs> okay, no, I don't remember yeah. that. I remember. Uh, yeah. Different era. <laughs> different era. Um, so for me, um, you wouldn't necessarily ring people. You'd go and ding on the doorbell. Mm-hmm. So you'd ride around on your bikes and you'd go and sit in the park for a bit, and then be like, "Should we go and play on the Mega Drive?" And, and what we recently discovered something my, I discovered that my parents are evil geniuses. All of the parents in the housing estate I grew up in organized which consoles to buy so that all the kids would have a different console in each house. So that every evening, one of the parents would have to handle the kids and the others could have a break. That's so smart. Because my mum's not a gamer by any way, shape or form. She hates video games. But she was like, we understood that part of it and we we wanted a break. So I was like, I'm not even mad, mum. That's That's amazing. (laughs) That that is actual genius. That's yeah. So that that's kind of the the era I come from in gaming. Like, um, but this is way before the internet. Like, I remember getting the internet and having most of the people in my street come around to the house to see it live because wow. they didn't believe that such a thing could could exist. Um, so I'm from a very different but, time. So in so from that time, like, did you ever get into a game like so much that you kind of like started to look for? like other people to play with it or you know like sort of like venture out because i know there used to be the, the whole like arcade scene in the uh fgc in the old school like fgc days uh fgc standing we for did fighting... used to hang out in yeah, yeah fgc started for yeah. standing for fighting yeah. games but um 
So arcades for us were like the Mega Bowl or um, like a Laser mm. Quest, where there'd be a couple of arcade machines, or, or you'd get super excited to go on a caravan holiday because yeah. they always had like an arcade and. I used to cheat them by shoving paper bags up the machine. You know those 10p machines <laughs> with the little 10p's like rolling Yes, yes. So I used to go around in the morning and shove paper bags up them down one side of the tube. <laughs> so people would still win their prizes, but not realize they're getting shafted. Oh my god. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, I was a bit of a scourge <laughs> when I was younger. I was banned from so many arcades for theft of like £2.40 in 10p's. Oh my god. That was my thing. Uh, but no, there wasn't really... Um, so how, what did we do? I think it was just a group of friends I had that I just happened to know who all like playing, um, what were we playing? We were playing Goldeneye on the N64. Mm. There and you go, occasionally yeah. play Smash together. And we just played it together, but it wasn't really like a, a competitive mm. thing. It was just because we wanted to have a bit yeah. of fun. Uh, but there wasn't really much of a scene. I, I would say there probably wasn't any kind of a scene. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I, I guess very I, different for you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the most different thing that I've, I've I heard there was that no one cared about winning. Man, I've I've, I've been getting salty since I was like since I, since I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> there, was def- there was definitely abuse thrown at each other, but in a very friendly way. Okay, a lot of uh, offensive words were thrown out there. Wouldn't not be allowed these yes. days, but back then we were perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, something I'm kind of glad to see the back of. In fact, is that 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 language is starting to be drained out of the internet now. Mm. Yeah, oh, like, oh Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like people dropping um, like homosexual hatred and all that kind of stuff, and obviously racially hatred comments. Yeah. Back when I was young, it was perfectly normal to say those kind of things, but I'm glad that's now being eradicated. Because yeah. it, it just must suck to be online and have to listen to that all the time. Well, so interestingly enough, um, if you ever. So the reason I joined the Smash community was because of the documentary. Yes. Ollie will know what I'm talking about, but basically. To give a little bit more context, they released this documentary called The Smash Brothers um, in 2014, I think, or like late 2013, um, which was like a uh, a whole like um, it just covered like the entire um, genesis of competitive Smash, and a lot of it is obviously extremely dated. It's just like the it's it's kids, you know, using using quite you know it's it is a bit dated in 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 the language and in you know the um i suppose the mannerisms of of some of the people who are in it but it is kind of i think that's why a lot of communities like that community now have got to really really re-educate themselves yeah. because there is so much yeah. grounding it's um, out of date like it's it's yeah. it's old world and like the yeah. idea of getting rid of tv shows like um uh faulty towers and stuff like i, I don't agree with it i don't think that's a good idea because you don't learn the right lesson from doing that um, but at the same time, the, the, the humor used doesn't translate well today, and it has to be explained. Whereas when yeah. I was young, the humor in that was, you know, you understood what was going on. You understood why it was funny, but you understood also why you shouldn't laugh at it when it was real. But now we're in a different world, and it, it's good that we're starting to normalize that, or well, get rid of that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, for me, the um, the, the one of the most... Um, um, vivid like examples of that for me is have you have, have you have you guys ever watched like classic pink panther with like peter sellers yeah yep. you yep. know what i'm talking about you know like so when they brought back the pink panther in whatever it was like the, the 2000s or something the steve was, martin one the steve martin one and yeah. i was like are they gonna have a kato and my mom was like of course they're not gonna have kato it's extremely <laughs> racist <laughs> heavily <laughs> racist and like... i was 
no i i was like why he's so funny he's the best bit and she was like because it's yeah it's it's not okay to do that sort of shit anymore i don't know if you ever saw the um you know you know tom and jerry yes yep so i think it i want to say warner brothers but i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's warner brothers um what they did is they they the, the, uh, I don't know if you remember Disney pulled a lot of stuff like the Song of the South and all that kind of stuff and tried to distance themselves from it. Yeah. Um, so what um, Tom and Jerry did is instead, at the beginning of all their cartoons, they put a notification to say, um, these cartoons are not being adjusted. They're being represented in the exact way that they were shown in the, the time they were created. But please be clear that these were different times and humor was very different back yes. then. And we didn't understand that what we were doing was maybe not appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Which, which I think is the perfect way of doing it because... You get to see things in their original light, but you also get to understand uh, why they were shown that yeah. way, which mm-hmm. I, th- I think is a good way of doing it. That, that's that's uh, a clever. I, way I agree. But, sorry, it's, I, yeah, I, it's showing you sort of like the it's educating people right in that way, being like this is you know, and it's not denying what happened. It's kind of just showing people like this is what it was. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you said. Like this is what it was like, but and it's, we hope that this you know kind of thing can you can understand maybe why this was funny but why it might not be okay now right and i think that's that it's very cool to kind of like uh recontextualize these older school like humor or older things uh into why they might not be okay now um but yeah i think that's great well it was it's a much better way of doing it than um some like deciding that it needs to be blacklisted entirely Mm. um i mean some some of the best like some of some of the stuff that I really enjoyed growing enjoyed when I was growing up, like Asterix comics, for example, have some you know have some quite racist depictions of um of black people in there as well. And it's just like, well, you've got to you've you've got to educate rather than just decide, okay, you can't read those anymore because of because of what was being done by Belgian people in like the nineteen like thirties or something. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's also it's important to let people have the opportunity to to educate themselves, yes. like. I'm really concerned about a world that we're heading towards, which is a world where censorship is is standard, and cancel like, culture. So yeah. Pretty much cancel culture, yeah. Because because what you're doing there is you're you're choosing what people can understand, and that that sets a very dangerous precedent because you then become the 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 lord and keeper of people's knowledge. Um, and I don't know if you saw during Black Lives Matter, there was this whole thing to pull down the statues, which I have no problem with. I understand the point of that. That's fine. But as far as I'm concerned, those statues should be pulled down and then put somewhere so that people can still see them in context and understand what they represented. Because hmm. I don't think they should be standing at the front of a city or a town or whatever because they did represent really terrible things. But you should also be given the opportunity to understand what they are. Oh, yeah. Why they were, what they, what, why they did what they did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was um the the the, the what what's it called? The, there's a trap by Run the Jewels called Money, I think, which um which emphasizes that as well but i mean it, it left me thinking like i don't know how they would go about it because they were basically saying that like all everyone who's on like american american dollars is a slave master right so um you know whether you just have to start, sort of like start spreading awareness it's the same reason that you know one of the best petitions that came out of um the movement here in the uk was to make sure that children here are taught about british colonialism yes. yeah uh, yeah just well, it's, it's a good point. I just think we need to be in a world where people have the chance to be educated appropriately rather than at the decision of what current person is in power. Because if that becomes the norm, you, you think if if we're in a world in 30 years' time that Trump has decided we get educated yes. through, we would be in a very, very bad place. 
Oh yeah. Just because they're world leaders, it doesn't mean that they're world leaders. Like true. Um, I agree. What if, what if, what is the most profound lesson you guys have ever gotten from a video game? Mm, that's a good question. God, that's a good question. Oh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> Go ahead, Cock. Bioshock. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Well, I can't can't talk about it because it's a massive spoiler. But the ending to Bioshock, leading up to the ending to Bioshock Three very big understanding of the world from that like i was just like oh okay well screw you game you've been fucking with me the entire time <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah uh very very good like I'll, I'll go with bioshock what about you lawrence have you got one i'm still i'm still just going through my mind trying to find it don't say I... dragon ball z <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about man what are you talking about you don't say i can play some of that dragon ball z budokai and not feel you know I've got to look after my son, even <laughs> from beyond the grave. <laughs> no Dragon Ball Z. No Dragon Ball Z. Okay, okay. That's um. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I I didn't have a. I didn't have something in mind when I came up with this question. I just think that like one of the things that um video games are really really good at and is like actually teaching. Like, it's one of my favorite things. Is um being able to artistically conceptualize what is quite a serious issue and video games are brilliant for that in the same way that like novels are and music is do you know what i mean agreed agreed yeah, like yeah. hellblade senua and um life is strange those kind of things they they put complex yeah. concepts into very consumable like bites so you can actually understand them and read them and enjoy them yeah pretty much i'm again i'm i'm i'm, I'm still really struggling myself actually in, in um, terms of profound lessons i guess though like video games have kind of uh there's been a lot of like visual novels or a lot of uh different games that i've played which kind of helped me to um deal with social like socializing and social issues with people um because as someone who's when i was growing up uh, i don't think i was an anti-social person but like i was when I went, I went to school quite far away, so often I would be on my own a lot. Um, so I wouldn't have time to, you know, when you, you know, the usual, the kind of stereotypical, you go after school, you go around with your with your mates, you go to the shops, whatever, talk talk to people, that kind of thing. So no, yeah, exactly. instead for me, yeah, I just spent a lot of time at home alone. So kind of learning how to social, like playing these kind of like, I, I guess it's kind of weird, but you know, and probably could have learned a lot of wrong lessons from some of the visual novels and some of the games that I played <laughs> definitely for socializing but yep. it kind of yeah. uh, helped me to understand yeah like um social certain ways and how you should socialize people how you should treat with how you should treat people as well right you know like you should being being nice to people and trying to understand and be there for people right um which I think was quite profound like me growing up and sort of the, uh growing up obviously now i can look back at some of those lessons learned and be like uh maybe that wasn't the best sort of way to look at how you should you know treat someone or socialize with someone but i think you know i'm thankful that at least i seem to have taken the positive sides of those things and not really gone into the negative sides of those things but yeah that's well, just one i've been thinking there about. are there are there are theories um that suggest that people develop their social interactions from the media they yeah. consume yeah. So if you, um, you know, if you watch a certain type of movie or a certain type of TV show, it could give you some kind of formative opinions of how you behave with other people. Mm. Like if you only grew up with, um, I don't know, like Reservoir Dogs and and 
Pulp Fiction and that kind of stuff. Mm. You might not be as socially adjusted as someone that grew up with things like Friends and um, I don't know. I can't really think of many other examples of things that were positive because <laughs> everything always came with like a heavy undertone. Exactly right. That's the thing. Um, but I feel I feel like shows like Friends and that. So if, I know Scrubs, Friends is also yeah. problematic as well, but yeah, Scrubs is a perfect example. There's there's always a TV show that runs for like eight or ten seasons that kind of fills that gap of teaching you how to be socially good. Yeah. Friends did it in the 80s and 90s. I think Friends started in the 90s, actually. Um, and then there was How I Met Your Mother, which kind of took over. There was Big Bang Theory until that became terrible. Yes. Um, and th- there's always been a TV series out there that kind of shows people how to interact with mm. people, mm. which is cool. Uh, well, that's just my opinion. Though. I mean, if we're not necessarily talking about the game itself, but about what the game meant to you, like from social interactions and so on a part of it then i would have to say smash just yeah. because uh i learned an awful lot of lessons through becoming part of the melee community uh one of the first things that the melee community taught me was the importance of actual hard work yes. which is um, which is amazing that it took me until i was like what 19 20 to like actually understand that but I, it it took me until then to really un- realize that you needed to work unbelievably hard at something in order to get anywhere um and i think it's because until i hit my a levels i was quite good at coasting through school um i i worked yeah, a bit we all my... were good at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, of mine. yeah 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 and i mean it's you know when you're when you can you know i i worked a bit for my gcse's but like for my a levels for whatever you know for lots of reasons i just didn't apply myself um did not get you know didn't get great grades and then just like had to repeat years and stuff like that and once i joined the smash community which is when i was like in between leaving one university and moving to another university that's when i started doing you know i started getting my ass whooped like Mm. week in week out going to meltdown hosting things here getting body constantly and it was such a frustrating experience where i was like i can't understand it was the first time in my life where i'd ever come up against a barrier and just gone i literally have no idea what to do at all and you you know it was very very interesting to sort of um i suppose negotiate that and i mean and also i mean it's taken me probably five or probably almost until very recently to realize that it's quite important also not quite important fundamentally important to um this is Clark. I think going back to what you were saying about like how you know obviously you know there was shit talking and stuff when you were kids, but like ultimately, I mean, you were just playing for fun. Like the idea of um, dissociating between learning something and putting emotional investment to it. For me, I still feel like this is the reason that I've, I'm still absolutely trash at Smash, and um, you know, and never, even though I put a f ton of time into it never really got anywhere with it because i never was able to dissociate the frustration i felt from losing with actually learning how to get better at the game which is what you have to do in order to improve you have to look at it objectively Mm. uh that's fair fair. yeah i mean other than that it also taught me a lot about what community groups are like Mm. and um i suppose yeah, lots of life lessons that you know one could take from that. Hopefully, we'll get into some of those when we get to the sort of the story bits uh, if we have time for that, because yeah. there are, there are some great anecdotes that I could tell <laughs> uh, from that era. Just, yeah, just echoing on what Lawrence said with um, sort of competitive games, sort of 
teaching, yeah, yeah. teaching it's I don't know. I mean, you could argue that it's kind of stupid and also kind of like you probably should have learned it from other ways. But you know, learning how to learn, I guess, is something that I got from playing competitive games. Like starting with Smash, because yeah. Smash was the sort of first game where I took it very seriously and started going to tournaments and you know traveling around the UK, meeting lots of people, doing your homework in quotation marks or re you know researching things, looking up things online, practicing as well. Um, you kind of Eventually, as you go through, you, you kind of pass these, uh, we used to call them like gates, I guess, like gatekeep, like gate, gate, like you'd pass these like gates of knowledge where something you'd have an, an epiphany where something would suddenly click and something would suddenly make sense, right? Um, but I guess one of the important ones that I kind of learned was that's kind of helped me not only with getting better at video games, but also getting better at, you know, things like programming or learning things is, yeah, just the idea of learning how to learn in an effective way, which is to do with, you know, focusing on these very fundamental tasks that kind of seem very boring, but allowing you to abstract so, harder problems. It's sort of like, right? so, sort of like endurance training, yeah. like learning when to kind of just suck it up and be like, okay, you know, it's time to just deal with this yes, now. Precisely. And a lot of games kind of teach that because sometimes you'd have to go through crappy bits in games or you go through boring bits in movies as well, but you know that there's something good mm, coming. Mm. Like uh, Strange Things Season 2, for example. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to get through that. We just had mm. to uh, to get to Season 3, which was wonderful. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. so many lessons, like, you know, like the idea that you're... And it's also, like Lawrence said, like dissociati dissociating your... <laughs> you're really God, struggling with that one. Well. Anyway, I'm going to say separating <laughs> your emotion from, from, what's, you from what's going on, right? So... Like you're gonna, like you have to understand, and like when you start a game, like for example, when I started learning League and started taking League of Legends more seriously, I understood that I was going to be absolutely terrible at it, and that I was going to lose almost like eighty percent of my games just as I was learning, like starting the game again and trying to really build up like a fundamental fa foundation of knowledge. Um, but it's kind of like you have to understand that even though you have to go through that hard work, and once you do have that knowledge, suddenly like improving or getting better at the game is like so much easier right the way the way that you view the game is so much easier although then there's some other problems you get when when you do that but um i don't know i i just really appreciate the fact that it's also so weird that video games can kind of give you that level of knowledge or you know that that kind of insight within yourself and yeah i always find it fascinating i guess that's why i like love competitive games because you can kind of look at them in this sort of way of like you know there's so many different factors, and I think Chris, when we had Chris on the podcast, he kind of touched on it a little bit, where like he said it's, he finds it fascinating watching us play League of Legends, because there's not just like you know the game itself, but also the social aspect to it and the emotional aspect to it. Like You can see how people react negatively to certain things, and you kind of tell a lot about a person from the way that they play these games and how they react to certain things, and I just find that like absolutely fascinating. I think it's great. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 entirely parallel to how it to to sports. To um, my father's a chess player, so I've all, I've had frequent you know I've had a lot of discussions with him about just the parallels between. I mean, obviously, like pr principles of competition that are complete, like are completely relevant both to stuff. Like, I mean, for me, it was Smash at the time, and um, obviously chess for him because that was his livelihood. But like, um, and also the parallels between the ways communities kind of dynamics work as well um it's yeah it is it is absolutely fascinating so uh shall we move on so yeah on, of course like you know with the sort of 
prevalence of coronavirus now after we talk about how nice having you know the learning stuff from having these offline communities or learning i'm sure you can have those kind of experience from online communities as well but yeah i guess coronavirus is yeah, absolutely can. yeah yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah can. definitely yeah. like but i think i guess like coronavirus has kind of um had a massive impact on uh the fight like smash and the fighting game community because this is one of the main scenes that kind of still requires that kind of offline uh or at least thrives off of the offline um scene well, it's had an impact on esports yeah, in general, I yeah. think, because um, you've you've seen like even things like um, you know League of Legends League and all that kind of stuff, and Overwatch League, that they've all struggled this year because it's just difficult to get people to to kind of stay connected and, and come together. Because a big part of these uh, esports events is being there and having crowds screaming yeah. at you and cheering and stuff. Yeah. Like it's super weird when it's just you. <laughs> It is, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's the same where you know, it feels just as weird if you, if, you know, if you watch like Liverpool lifting the trophy for the Premier League, and you're like, there's, there's not a stadium of adoring fans. It's just, just there. Well, did, did you see what they started to do in some football stadiums? They started to play crowd noises. Really? Yeah. There's just not yeah. enough people to make a crowd noise, so they started playing them over the tannoy. Wow. It's the, it's the ones from FIFA as well, isn't is it? it? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, the crowd noises from wow. FIFA. Yeah, yeah. It's finally yeah. FIFA's getting used for something good. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty Anyone much. from EA is listening? I have no problems with FIFA, apart from it's trash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, we, we we don't need to fire shots at FIFA. Uh, EA will be here all day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, I, I for me though, the the thing is that because almost all community like gaming communities now have migrated online either by necessity or, or by um convenience or for other or for whatever else i mean with smash and stuff like that um fighting games it, it people have had to sort of adapt as opposed to just give things up entirely because there aren't any tournaments anymore yeah. there aren't any like not at least not offline tournaments you know there's none of these like disgusting stinking dungeons that you normally would get you know that the ollie and i will vividly remember yes. from you know from 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 better or worse times whatever you want to call them um but one thing that i think i mean i touched on this a little bit earlier but the fact that i had people to play league with every night during the height of lockdown uh, is invaluable. Like I genuinely think for like my my per my me my personal mental health. Like it was just important to have people to meet up with on Discord every night and play a bit of league with. And... I had the same thing with Sea of Thieves. Like it, it yeah. changed lockdown for me. It made it far more comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly we weren't just sitting playing Sea of Thieves. We were out on the ocean, being pirates, and not thinking about the fact that the world was crumbling around us. We were just like. Just a bit of priority fun now. We have the privilege to kind of escape into that. Yeah. There's so many people out there that don't have that privilege or don't have the social group to to kind of take advantage of that, which does make me feel a little bit like I thought lockdown was hard, but it was way harder for other oh, people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Way, way harder. Yeah. And I was sitting in a comfortable job. Uh, I was able to work from home without a problem at all. And my job, I love my job. So, you know, I'm happy there. And yet a friend of mine was furloughed. They lost their livelihood. Mm. And you know, they didn't have anyone to play online with either. So I was like, okay, well, come and play with us for a little bit. I realized pretty quickly why I didn't have anyone to play online because it was awful. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not uh, an awful person. It was just awful oh, the game. Oh, okay, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not that bad. <laughs> but I, 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 I know what you mean. I mean, I, I actually, it's funnily enough, I, I, 
None of them did, and I I totally understand why. But I was encouraging because I because I am still on furlough. I was on I I went on furlough in April, mm-hmm. um, and uh, myself and four other colleagues, um, uh, were kind of um all in the same position. They all, we all had our own you know our own ways of coping with you know just having a lot of time on our hands and a lot of like. Uh, I suppose, um, uncertainty as to what our futures were going to be happening. And I said to them, you know, why don't you jump on a Discord and play some games? I mean, none of them did because none of them are gamers, you know, but I tried to just because I thought, well, I said to them at the time, I was like, listen, gamers have been, you know, gamers were made for this. Yeah, 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 we we were made for this situation, man. Like, 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 so socializing without physical contact is what what we've been doing for years. You can see like half the world were like terrified and yet gamers are sitting there like, Finally, <laughs> yeah, when exactly. COVID was announced, it was like, "Yes, this is our time. This yeah. is our moment." And it really was like at first. So I, we were all laughing about it first, saying like, uh, "Oh, COVID is going to be great. Finally, get to play all those video games." And one, but even even after joking about it, like it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Like COVID was not a nice time at all. Mm-hmm. I really hope we don't have to go back in, but I feel like we're going to be going back indoors sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I'm a bit worried about that because we haven't handled the end of lockdown very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like lockdown's over, let's have a big group party. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, isn't mm. it? I'm, I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see what happens after COVID. Like, as in, like, you know, do you think people will, especially in gaming? Like, I guess, I guess, with like, you know, offline gaming communities. Do you think? Do you think the offline scene will come back? Like, do you think people will, or do you think now that everyone has switched to kind of like out out of necessity, switched to online gaming? Do you think that you know these kinds of offline scenes will come back and thrive? I guess. I think anything that that involves physical products and stuff is now has a time limit on it. Like, and like turning up to a place and using someone else's controller is something that's probably not really going to be a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to take the world a while just to get back to normal in terms of like cinemas and and bars and things. Oh, I think well, gaming I mean, is, is the 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 lowest priority on any company's list to get back oh, into into normality. I'm not I'm not defending yeah. it or anything. I'm just saying that in terms of priorities, I think it has the lowest priority, and because of that, I don't think we're going to see it come back for a very long time, if at all. Which I mean, is a shame. The, the, you, I mean, if we are putting the focus specifically on video games, then um one of the, some of the things that i think of is dreamhack for example yes. whenever are they going to be able to do a dreamhack again like well that was already a terrible place it was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah we we used to have a thing at work so in, in my previous job i was a game master and we used to know when dreamhack was without knowing what time of the year it was because suddenly our tickets would go through the roof because what happens is at dreamhack is everyone suddenly takes their wow account or their Starcraft account and logs into it on a shared computer, a very heavily virus-ridden yes. shared computer in a massive room full of thousands of other people. And most of these players didn't have like two-step authentication installed. Oh, so what happens is you get these emergency tickets opened by all these players, spamming the ticket system to try and skip the queue. So you'd go from having like maybe 60,000 tickets in a day to like 400,000. And we'd oh, all be like, God. oh, look at the ticket queue. Oh, it's DreamHack. Okay. Oh, we'd know straight away. Like, I was never a fan of DreamHack, but I like what it represented. Like, it was a cool idea. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, I could, I could tell stories of going to DreamHack myself. Well, uh, it's about that time. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what we're here. <laughs> you hit us with those stories, all dude. All right, all right. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to give you the short yeah, version give us short because version. myself, yeah, yeah. 
my, my myself and my, my my flatmate could talk for hours about what that experience was like and it was it, I, i'm surprised we didn't die like it was mad but um Probably basically die. yeah well yeah i mean the whole trip itself this isn't necessarily all to do with dreamhack i mean the whole trip itself was a complete fiasco so there was like 20 of us meant to be staying in like a um a cottage uh not a cottage like a sort of a sh uh sh um what were you what, what, what would you call a shack like a chalet it's something like that um I'm 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 trying to basically basically like a a sort of lakeside um a lakeside big yeah like cabin. a chalet or yeah like a log like chalet. Cabin or something yeah like a cabin yeah yeah and so we you know this had been recommended by the TO um I'm not going to name names uh, even though I could um the 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 guy is no longer part of the community he's got far too many allegations against his name um but um he'd recommended this place um it had all been but we'd just given one of the guys our money and like the, the things to learn from this you know these are all lessons um we give one of the guys our money and we kind of you know he'd booked the travel he booked um the accommodation you know he'd made the itinerary everything he missed the flight um so yeah so myself and my flatmate oolong t shouts to him um basically um had to take his itinerary and roll with it and it was a complete nightmare like it ended up with you know sort of we got to the end we were in this like completely arse end of nowhere swedish um town and at that point his itinerary was like yeah get a cab to the actual cabin which was out of town out of this like town in the middle of nowhere and um he uh and we called the cab companies half of them didn't spe speak english and the other half were like nope we ain't got nobody so we were like okay we're gonna walk so we walked for an hour and a half in like completely like pitch dark swedish wilderness to get to this cabin this was all just for the sake of going to dreamhack i tell you like and this was we hadn't even got there yet we haven't even seen the problems there i mean clark it sounds i mean have you been to dreamhack uh no like, but i've worked dreamhack quite a lot remotely yeah so Basically, if you, if 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 you ever if you ever anyone here who's listening to this who's ever been to DreamHack probably knows what I'm talking about. It is the most degenerate oh, it's environment. Yeah. It's it awful. is unbelievably degenerate. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness! Like, literally, you know, you've got people just sitting there on beanbags watching Family Guy, jacking off under these like oh, prepaid yep. terminals. Oh, like, yep. it's awful. It's it's awful. <laughs> With like literally like one of them was just a a twenty four hour rave, you know. You book a room that's your like your bed and your terminal and everything for the entire weekend, and well, it's like it's so. We we used we used to get sent out to a lot of different shows and events and stuff. So we get to look to go to Gamescom, Paris Games Week, um, even um, is it EGX in yeah, London? EGX, yeah. Yeah, EGX. Yeah. So every now and again, someone would come out the office and go, "Who wants to go and work at these events?" People were like me, 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 me. Dreamhack, no mm. one. No one wanted to work DreamHack because it's just such an awful play. Like I imagine it's super cool mm. and super fun, like for gamers, but it definitely has a lifespan on it, and it's not a very long one. It's kind of, I mean, the fact that okay, it's the world's largest land, sure, like it, it's huge, it's absolutely huge. But the fact that I could not understand that you know these people had lugged their entire rig mm. to this giant Lala in wherever it is yeah yonka ping in like the yeah. middle of like, was it yonka ping? 
Yeah, Yonker thing. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big like it's such a big part of their like n local culture that you know there's a bunch of us nerds getting on a bus and the guys like, oh, you're here for Dreamhack, and we're like, cool. <laughs> we, well, this wasn't even in the same city. This was in like a nearby town, um, <laughs> and so um, you know that. But yeah, I mean, you walk through it. It's this gigantic warehouse, like or sort of. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, conference center complex. Think of the Excel Center in London, anyone who's yeah, listening. It's, it's, it's like, like a conference center. Yeah. yeah, and it's gigantic. And it's just full of, like, teenagers just sitting at their terminals. And you're like, you paid a lot of money to bring your computer and sit here and It'll do exactly... <laughs> and do exactly what you would be doing in your bedroom. Some of them were playing things like Counter-Strike, and some, some of them were just literally watching Family Guy. And yeah. you're like, <laughs> why? Um, so, so, I mean, to, to, to summarize it, it's the social experience for a lot of people. Mm. It's not about oh, coming yes. and, and doing something like that. It, it is literally just because you want to be around other people that share an interest in what you do. Because we, we have come through a time, uh, like early noughties, uh, where gaming was still taboo. Yeah. Like being yeah. a gamer was like, you play video games? why there's no money and, and I, I remember telling people when i got a job in gaming they were like well that's a waste of time and i'm like what do you mean it's a waste of time and they're like, well, people don't make money from that i'm like i literally just told you i have a job doing that <laughs> and it, it took me years to kind of convince people that working in gaming was not just enjoyable but profitable mm. and yeah and ollie you probably skipped that phase but um i mean expect lucky it man, you, lucky you, man. you will get yeah. that encounter at some yeah, point yeah i'm sure i will yeah yeah the look of derision and confusion. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, thankfully, I've um, I, I know precisely what you're talking about because I mean, obviously, you know, but we, it, it was a bit different for us because we definitely weren't like looking for jobs at that era. But still, like when you're a teenager, you know, you've got this kind of, uh, I suppose. Thankfully, there were enough nerds in my school to kind of at least have like a group of people to sort of um, rally around, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just sort of called. I think we were just sort of designated as like a demographic, as like the anime society or something. But we were the ones who would, you know, um, set up like Halo One Blood Gulch, like on all of the school computers and play each other, yeah. you know. And then, wow, that makes me feel so old because for me it was Doom One on a disc <laughs> on MS. <laughs> nice, nice. We were like nice. hiding it as Microsoft Word. Yeah. Nice. I am conscious of time yeah. as well, like, Ollie. How long do we have? Uh, we've hit fifty-eight minutes. Wow, we've been chatting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess we can start uh, wrapping up. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll wrap me, up. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, there's so many stories from these. We can talk forever about it, but that, that's one of the reasons why I thought of creating a podcast was so we can just keep talking about this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have to bring it bring it up on another episode. But um, yeah, I guess we'll start wrapping it up then. So, Lawrence, do you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to shout out? Anything I want to plug? Um, I think that I would plug this podcast. I mean, I don't see <laughs> yeah. any reason to plug me. I'm, I'm literally, I'm doing nothing right now except volunteering. So I'm not doing anything interesting on the social channels. But follow this podcast. Follow the Sunfire Tavern. Now that I know that it's on Spotify, I'm going to be listening to. It. I'm going to be listening to all of these like uh, one episodes one to six. Yes. Good. Uh, it's awesome. good to hear. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. It's, it's been a pleasure having you as well. Nice chat yeah, to it's you. been great, man. Always yeah, nice to chat to other people. Yeah, thanks so much for having yeah. me, guys. So uh, I guess to finish off, you could, as Lawrence was saying, you can follow us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud uh, under Sunfire Tavern. And um, yeah, thanks for coming and thanks for listening. Clark, you got any closing statements? Um, wash your hands and stay indoors and please don't wear your mask under your chin because it's irritating. Yep. 
That's look, it looks me. shit as well. You, you look <laughs> ridiculous when you True. do that. True. True. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Take care. Bye. Cheers.